Hello beautiful souls, welcome to Blooming Mamahood, a podcast about empowering and celebrating mamas. This is your host, Lori. I'm a fertility, prenatal, postnatal, and kids yoga teacher, birth doula, childbirth educator, and mama. Each episode is created to help empower and inform you on your journey through mamahood. I am so grateful you are spending this present moment with me today. Let's dive in. Hello everyone and welcome back to Blooming Mamahood. Today is another Mamahood story episode where I interview my Mama Glow doula sister, Micah Estrada, and we talk about her experience having twins. Micah and her husband, Nathan, unexpectedly got pregnant and then found out they were expecting twins. What a shock. So in the interview, we will talk about how Micah's pregnancy and birth via cesarean went and what bringing two babies home was like for her. Micah is a mama to toddler twins, Kai and Arya. She is a new bird doula, and she also has a podcast with her husband called From Tinder to Twins, where they talk about their family life and other things. Uh, Micah is currently also taking a short social media break right now, so her personal page isn't available, but I will link her podcast From Tinder to Twins page in the show notes. And one last mention before we get into the interview is that uh, there was some little glitch with the sound on Micah's end at the very beginning. Uh, It lasts for uh, maybe the first like 15 minutes-ish, I think, and then it's all clear. So if you can stick it out (laughs) to that long, it was a really, really awesome conversation. Uh, it's really cool to have your friends on the podcast and everything. So uh, we had a really good time just chatting and talking. So hopefully you enjoyed the episode. And without further ado, let's hop right into the interview. If you're ready, we can hop into the questions. Yeah. All right. Um, so can you tell us a little bit more about who you are and your family? Yeah, so my name's Micah, and I uh, got married a little over a year ago to my husband, and we have uh, two-year-old twins, a boy and a girl, um, and yeah, that's, I mean, that's our little family. <laughs> <laughs> um, and can you share a little bit of, uh, about the story of how you found out you were pregnant and then finding out that you were expecting twins? That must have been like a double shock. <laughs> Yeah, so um, we thought that I might have gotten pregnant, just like the way that, you know, the the timing and the timing of when I was supposed to be ovulating and everything, we kind of just were like, oh, oops, like we, <laughs> we were not careful. Um, and so I was having some weird, I was having really bad uh, cramping and... Um, I think that might have been like the the main thing that was super weird that I was like, this is not normal. Like it was pretty normal for me to get period cramping, but um, like PMS, but it was not, it was like super different from that. So I was like, this is super weird. I might be pregnant, but I also like didn't believe that. Like I was like, oh, maybe I am. But then in my heart, I was like, no. So when I took the pregnancy test, I was like shocked I think I like went into shock um and Nathan because he was just my boyfriend at the time but he was like I knew it I knew you were pregnant and I was like okay asshole like don't you don't have to have that kind of attitude um so it was just kind of funny but yeah so I just went into shock because we weren't trying we weren't expecting we had just been dating for um maybe like eight months so it was all everything was new and it was just kind of a crazy accident. Um, and then I got really, really sick. Uh, I was just having a lot of morning sickness all the time, all day. I was just horribly sick all the time. And I felt like so overwhelmed. It was like, I, of course, like everybody knows that morning sickness is a symptom of pregnancy and like, you kind of expect to get sick, but I was just way over the top. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like I'm the weakest woman alive. Like why can't my body handle a pregnancy? Um, and then when we went to the doctor and we found out that it was twins, 
she was like, oh, that's why you're sick. And I was like, oh, thank God. Like, at least there's a good reason. But that I was also like, oh, my God, what are we going to do? Like, this is crazy. I was not prepared for twins. I wasn't even prepared for one baby. Now it's two. It just totally, like, changed everything, I felt like, finding out that it was twins. I can I can imagine even finding out you have one you're just like oh my god so two is like that is way too much work for two people (laughs) yeah and I had always kind of thought um that I would just be the type of person that's like yeah my baby just goes with me like I just have a baby on my hip and I just live my life or you know strap the baby to my back and continue traveling or doing whatever because I used to travel a lot and I used to just be very I don't know not um not like unstable is not the right word, but um, just like always moving, always traveling, always going somewhere, always doing a different job, like um, just not nomadic. Yeah, nomadic. Yeah, not settled at all. And I even felt like, okay, well, even if I have a kid, like they'll just come with me. It's fine. But then when I found out it was two, it was like, oh, that's so much more. It, it was just super different to be like, oh, no my life is going to change for real like this in a significant way it's going to look very different um because having two is just so much more than having one and i and it has been so much more than having one um like i yeah i i don't have the freedom to just like the physical freedom to like go and do all of these things because i have two babies to handle and it's a lot and it's it's hard but um it's gotten easier as they've gotten older and more independent. It's gotten a lot more fun. Yeah, I remember on your on one of your podcast episodes, you're like, the day that they were able to walk to the car, I was like, yay, finally. <laughs> yeah, it's been amazing because it used to be so overwhelming to, especially when they were new, like brand new, and you're so nervous and you're just like, are they breathing? Are they okay? Like, you know, like they, they feel the so worries. fragile. Um, so you're kind of like, okay. And then you have to like strap them into their seat and it's this whole process and then carry the seat to the car and put it in. And then whenever you get where you want to go, you have to like undo that. And then adding double of that. And I'm, I was just like, no, it's way too much for me. I can't, I really felt like I couldn't go anywhere by myself or do anything by myself because the whole process was just way too overwhelming. Um, but then, yeah, now that they can walk, it's so great. I'm just like, okay, guys, let's go to the car. And they walk, and it's just so nice. And there's still a little bit of, you know, seat strapping, but it's not nearly as, um, like, cumbersome and overwhelming of a prospect. Um, because, yeah, I definitely used to feel like, okay, the whole process of going somewhere is not worth, like, the journey is not worth the destination. But now I don't feel like that anymore. So it's been really nice. Because mm-hmm. I feel like... A lot of, like, books and, you know, if you watch videos on YouTube or anything like that, like, when they show you that life with a newborn or something like that, they, like, there's not a lot on twins out there. So, like, it, it's very different, right? Like, like uh, my husband and I talk about never having more kids than we have hands, you know, because, like, mm. you need to be able to do things. Mm-hmm. And having, like, two babies in your arms, you know, like, right now we kind of do hot potato with the baby and we just pass it around. But if you have two and you're two people, what do you do? Yep, you just, yeah, you just man to man. Like, there's no, <laughs> there's no extra. Mm-hmm. So, um, how was it like bringing the two babies home and adjusting to motherhood with two? Like, did you have a lot of support? Was Nathan like home a lot? So, uh, he was. His work situation was uh, kind of weird. He was working as a substitute at the time, so he didn't have so it wasn't full-time work so he didn't get the benefits so he didn't get like a paternity leave or anything like that but his job and his like um bosses were like super cool and they've been super like nice and supportive of our family the whole time so they were totally fine with him taking time off so he i mean he had to take like that time unpaid which was a bummer but it was okay we made sure that we were covered for that um So his original plan was to take off two weeks, but then I ended up being in the hospital for almost a week. So after, so he ended up taking three weeks. So it was the one week we were in the hospital and then two weeks home. So that was really amazing 
um, because he he's amazing. Like I know that everyone thinks most people think that their partner is amazing, but I'm truly like, no, Nathan is the best. He just goes above and beyond to take care of us. So it was really nice to have him because he was just on it um, and super helpful and supportive and just, you know, I felt like, a, like I definitely had a partner in that. Like he was just super in it with me. Um, so, so yeah, so he was there and then my mom and, um, my dad, they live close by, so they would come over a lot and they would like bring us food or come help. Um, uh, after Nathan had to go back to work, I was still super overwhelmed and I like never liked to be alone with the babies. Like I felt outnumbered and frazzled and I couldn't do it. Um, so my dad would come over a lot whenever Nathan had to go to work. So that was really nice for me. And then his parents, um, they live, so my in-laws, they live like 45 minutes away. So they couldn't come as much, but they were super helpful when they would come because they would just do amazing stuff, like clean the whole house for us or let us take a nap or um, go grocery shopping for us or bring us food or whatever. So like the really like hands-on um you know, like the, the actual helpful things that people need when they're in that postpartum period, like they were amazing for that. So, so yeah, we did have, a, I, I did have a lot of support. Um, and I feel really lucky because I can't imagine having one baby without support or two without support. And I know people do it because it's like, you, you do what you have to, you know, but since I did have that support, I'm like, oh man, I couldn't imagine doing it with less. It would be so, so, so hard. Mm -hmm. I even, like, think about somebody in your situation right now during COVID and, like, what are they supposed to do and, like, people aren't really supposed to come over and things and what are you supposed to do, right? Yeah, it's got to be uh, so hard. And, I mean, I'm hopeful that it, it might be kind of nice. I mean, there's obviously maybe, like, you know, there's two sides. Um, but like maybe more on the positive side, it's like, well, nobody really likes to have visitors with their brand new baby because it's like a scary time and you're like, okay, did this person wash their hands? Have they been sick? Who have they been around and all this stuff? And then everything is heightened in COVID, of course. So it's kind of like nice, like, oh no, you can't come visit the baby. <laughs> but um, that's just for like, I don't know, friends or not strangers, but people who aren't super close. But I mean, definitely for family, like you just need that that support and that community and that village like to raise the baby and the mother especially in that time so yeah it's just got to be so hard to be separated mm -hmm. and um how was your postpartum like period like how did you adjust with breastfeeding and just like emotions and changing bodies and all that stuff with two babies oh man that's a lot um so for breastfeeding it was uh, it was pretty easy for me, comparatively, I would say. Um, so they were born at 36 weeks, and Kai had to go to the NICU um, because he was underweight. So he was away, but Aria was in the room with me. So I breastfed her, um, like, right from the beginning. And she was not underweight, but she was small, so they wanted to, you know make sure that she would gain weight so i remember that um they oh sorry <laughs> um they had i can't remember what it's called but it was like the syringe with like the little tube that they would put in her mouth mm -hmm. so she would be latched on the boob and then also have that little syringe in her mouth and I think they were giving her or they would have us give her formula like just for the added calories I'm pretty sure I don't 100% remember because there was just so much going on at the time but I'm pretty sure that was with her and then with Kai um, he was just getting formula in the NICU um, and I would try to I would send over colostrum before my milk came in and then when my milk did come in I would send the milk and I would go over, um, I would go over more than once a day, but I would go over once a day just to practice nursing. But he was so small. I like, it's kind of funny, but I felt like his mouth was like too small for my nipple. Like 
he was just so tiny and so tired. Like he just slept all the time. So he really didn't have the energy to breastfeed yet. Um, so, so yeah, that was that. So Arya breastfed basically like from birth. Um, and then except for that little bit of formula they gave her in the syringe, um, sometimes while we were in the hospital, like that was it for her. And then they said that Kai needed to be on formula, um, to gain weight. So what they would have me do is they would have me pump and then they would mix formula into my breast milk and give it to him because they said it added calories, which at the time I didn't know anything. I knew that I wanted to breastfeed and I knew that like breast milk was, you know, like gold, but I didn't, I wasn't like really against formula. Um, and I mean, I guess I'm not, I'm still not like really against formula. It's like people, everyone's journey is different. You got to do what you got to do. But I think if I was having a baby now, I would definitely fight to be like, no, he doesn't need formula. Like my breast milk is sufficient. Like he's fine. He'll grow. It's what he needs. He doesn't even need that much. He's a newborn baby. Like his stomach is so tiny. Um, so I've definitely learned a lot since I had them about kind of advocating for yourself and your child in the hospital and all kinds of stuff. But, um, but also it's just, it is what it is. And I was listening to what they told me and I was just trying to do what was best for my baby. So I don't have any regrets about how the situation played out. So, um, they sent us home with formula and we kept supplementing my milk. Um, and so Aria would nurse and Kai would get a bottle. And actually I feel like that was pretty helpful for me just because it's a huge adjustment to go from never nursing to nursing a baby, um, much less two babies. So it was nice because when it was time to eat, um, I would nurse Aria and Nathan would give Kai the bottle and it was, it was nice to just all be in that time together and like kind of sharing that experience and me not being overwhelmed with having to feed the two babies and it's all on me. Um, so for about a month, we did that. And then I would still practice nursing Kai until he was kind of big enough and had enough energy to nurse. And then we transitioned to exclusively breastfeeding. So I breastfed both of them for, um, I don't know how long it was. I don't remember how long it was until they started um, eating foods and stuff. But Kai nursed until uh, May of this year. So I don't know. Twenty-one months, I think, and Aria, and then he just self-weaned himself. He was just kind of done, and that was it, and it was fine. And then Aria is a much more booby-obsessed girl, so I nursed her until her second birthday, which was um, last Friday, and then I was like, okay, I need to be done. I had felt like I. Uh, was done, like ready to be done nursing her. I, I just realized that whenever she would ask to nurse or I would nurse her, I just felt super impatient and like kind of annoyed of her. Um, and I didn't like that because breastfeeding was such a beautiful journey for me and an amazing experience. And I loved it so much for so long. So then to kind of feel negatively whenever I had to um, nurse her, I was like, okay, this isn't the experience that I want. I want to protect like the positive, amazing, almost two years that we've had and not kind of go longer than that. So she's fine. You know, like they're two years old, they eat everything. Like it's, it wasn't a question of like, does she still need to breastfeed? I know there's still benefits for breastfeeding for years and years and years, but you know, she didn't need it anymore. And I was feeling kind of resentful of it. So I was like, okay, I think this is like a good place for our journey to end. So her birthday was her last day. Um, I, and I gave it to her as much as she wanted. And then after that, we haven't done it. So that's been kind of hard and that's new. And we're kind of living in that because it's only been about a week. Um, and it's been super weird. I was looking forward to her birthday coming so I could stop breastfeeding her. And then it came and I was like, wait, no, wait, <laughs> I'm kind of sad. And I didn't want to lose the connection because 
I just felt like it bonded us so much and I was afraid to lose that connection with her and just for my journey to end because um, we don't plan on having any more kids so I was like wow like this beautiful thing that I've got to do I'm it's over and it, it was really sad but it's just a grieving process I think and then of course your hormones change when you wean so I'm sure that wasn't helpful um, but yeah so that that was kind of our journey to breastfeeding mm-hmm. yeah I mean like protecting yourself emotionally is is like kind of important too right like you want to do what's right for your babies but at some point like if if you've had enough you've had enough but then when you you change it and you're like no but i missed it it's like this roller coaster of emotion right yeah definitely because it is it's like it's kind of like a definite ending you know it's like not like no i don't want to nurse you today but like maybe tomorrow or whatever it's like no it's like we're over it's it's a it's a dead end so it's kind of hard um, pretty final but yeah, to what you said, protecting your, your mental health is so important. Um, kind of like, I feel like there's this argument about, you know, formula versus breastfeeding and breastfeeding is far superior, but I think there is definitely a place for formula because there were times when I was just like, if I have to nurse a baby today, again, I'm gonna lose it. Like I was just so kind of overwhelmed and I was nursing two all day, but like all I did all day was breastfeed and it was just a lot of, I think, um, I can't remember the term, but it's kind of like being like touched out. Like when you have a baby, you're kind of overwhelmed with touch and that's how I would feel. I would be like, I just, I can't have anyone touching me anymore today. And it was just exhausting. So during those times I would be like, okay, we'll just make them a bottle of formula for this one feeding just so I can get a break. And I, I would feel guilty about that, but I also, like, I, like, retroactively, like, support those decisions that I made because it's, like, that's what I needed to do to continue the journey. And it's, like, it's better to give them formula every once in a while than to quit breastfeeding altogether because I couldn't make it sustainable for myself. And, you know, like, does that make sense? Mm-hmm, absolutely. I had a lot of pain uh, the first few months and I had to take like breastfeeding breaks where I would just pump for a day and do bottles because like mentally and physically I was just like I can't do this and the only reason I could continue to breastfeed the rest of the week was to look forward to that one day where he wasn't going to be on my boob. Yeah, yeah, totally. I'm just like, oh, I have yeah, to latch totally. a baby. I just can't do it. So yeah, definitely. And I think that's, it's, I don't know if it's talked about that much, you know, it's just everyone just says like, oh, breast is best, and uh, that's kind of it, but it's like, you have to care for yourself when you're a mom, you have to take care of your needs, and you can't just give everything to the baby, because that's just not sustainable. Um, so, well, you talked a little bit about, like, being sick during your pregnancy and everything, uh, but how did it go, like, physically and emotionally, like, the pregnancy and the birth? It was bad. (laughs) (laughs) I did not enjoy being pregnant whatsoever, um, because I was, yeah, I was sick the entire time, and it got better, um, but, because I was throwing up multiple times a day, all day it was just terrible um and then i got the doctors gave me uh, medication to help and that was the only thing that helped like all of the natural remedies or the suggestions that people have for morning sickness like i'm sure they work for some people and i'm happy for those people but not for me i was like a saltine cracker you know in the morning right before i get up out of bed is not going to do it like i need serious medical intervention so they gave me uh, medicine that is for uh, people who go through chemotherapy because chemotherapy makes people really nauseous so they gave me that that was the only thing that helped um and then as it went on i didn't need it as much but i would still throw up probably once a day and i just kind of became a barfing expert like i really that was just a part of my life uh but then just, I was just really uncomfortable the whole time. I was in pain a lot. Um, I had all of the pregnancy symptoms, like heartburn and all this stuff. 
Okay, I'm sorry. What do you? I don't know what I was saying. <laughs> um, we were talking about like how you felt during your pregnancy. Okay, so um, so yeah, mentally it was really hard. Um, I didn't feel very connected to the babies. I think I I mean my like theory is because there was two of them, so it was just. It was just two of them. So when whenever I would feel them move, which I did love to feel them move inside, which before I got pregnant, I was like, no, that's so weird. You can feel something moving inside of you. Like, I don't want that. But then when I actually felt it, I loved it. It was amazing. Um, but, you know, it's like when you feel them kick or whatever, I don't know which one it is. I don't know what's going on. Like, it just, I just didn't feel very connected to them at all. Um and like, I loved them, but it's not what I thought. I always imagined that it was going to be this like overwhelming, like connection to like what I was growing inside my body. And it just wasn't like that. And I think also because I felt so sick all the time, I kind of, like, I don't know if it's going to sound bad, but I kind of held that against them or held them responsible for me feeling so physically awful all the time. I was like, well, this is your guys' fault. So it was just kind of a weird, not, it definitely not what I envisioned like a pregnancy to be like, um, Mm -hmm. like it was just the connection wise. Um, so yeah, it was just really hard. And then it was really, uh, it was, it takes a toll on you mentally to feel so physically ill. I was like, I have like a newfound kind of perspective on people with like chronic illness or chronic pain because, even though your body's in pain, it's like your mind is also just like exhausted from always feeling bad. So it was just, it was just not an enjoyable experience at all for me. Um, there was like some, you know, standout moments, but overall it was, it was really miserable. Um, and I mean, like, physically too, like apart from being sick, you know, your body's changing and it's really weird to, to watch your body change and to grow like a big old stomach and like your boobs change and you gain weight. And it's all, it all happens so fast, you know, it happens gradually over nine months, but nine months really isn't that short of, I mean, isn't that long of a time to have these huge body changes. Mm-hmm. And gain like 50 plus pounds, you know? Yeah. So, <laughs> so that was really weird. I got stretch marks, which was like a heartbreaker. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so during the pregnancy, that was like really hard for me because I felt so ugly because I had all these disgusting stretch marks. And then after the pregnancy, those didn't go anywhere. And then that was even harder because it was like, okay, well, at least before I had the babies inside me, but now... Not that there's no reason for the stretch marks, but that's kind of how it felt. It's like, well, they're still here and, you know, now they're useless. Like, there's no reason for them anymore. Um, And, you know, society not kind to stretch marks. So that was really, it took a long time for me postpartum to, like, embrace my body and, and appreciate what it did and the babies that it made and um, all the stuff and But eventually, I mean, it took a long time, but eventually I did kind of be like, you know what? I did have two babies and that's why these stretch marks are here and it is what it is. So just, you know. They're your warrior scars or something. Yeah. (laughs) And it was funny because when I was pregnant, I would complain about them and that's what people would say. They'd be like, oh, those are your tiger stripes. Like you earned those. And I would be like, okay, well, they're too much. (laughs) Like I'm a human. I don't want to look like a tiger. (laughs) But, um, but yeah, eventually I got to the place where it's just like, it's fine. And if people are judgmental, if they see them, cause that's the other thing. It's like, it's my stomach. Like people don't really see them. So it's fine. Um, but I was like, what if I like lift up my arms and my shirt and like someone sees my stomach or during swimsuit season, you know, but it really is like, if people see, see them and think negatively like it really says a lot more about them than it does about me so it's, it's just not my problem mm-hmm. anymore like how 
people perceive my body. And I mean, that's on a good mental health day on a bad, on a more negative one. That's not how I feel at all, but that's the kind of realm I try to stick to. Yeah. And how was the birth? You, I know you had a planned C-section. Yeah. So, um, the lower baby Aria was transverse. So there was no way she was coming out. Uh, so they planned a C-section for 38 weeks, but then I got, uh, cholestasis of pregnancy, which is a gestational liver disease, which, um, it makes you super, super itchy. That was my symptom. That's how we figured out that I had it. I was just itching and itching and itching and itching all the time, which is also another pretty common symptom of pregnancy because your skin is stretching and you're growing and, you know, it's just hormones, all this stuff. But um, on the palms of your hands and on the bottoms of your feet are an indication that something is not quite right. So I had to get all these tests and then it came back that, yeah, I had high bile levels in my liver, which for the mom is not a big deal. It just makes you really uncomfortable. But for the baby, the longer that they're in there, when your body is doing this, um, the higher chance of stillbirth. So they moved my, uh, well, they gave me medication to try to help it and then it didn't help. So they moved my C-section date to 36 weeks and it was like a Thursday and they called me the doctor called me and was like, okay, you're having your C-section on Monday. So that was like a crazy weekend of trying to get ready, like get everything ready for them to come home and then also get like mentally ready. Like, okay, the babies are coming in three days. Um, so it was a crazy time, but, but yeah, so I had the C-section and I had done a lot of research on C-sections cause I pretty much knew I was going to have to get one. Um, so I felt ready, but also, I mean, no amount of like research can really explain to you the actual experience of going through it. Like you can be mentally ready, but then it's, it's a crazy thing to, um, to actually experience it. Um, and the actual surgery was fine. It was weird. Um, a super weird experience and I was all high on drugs. So it's like remembering it is, is kind of weird because I don't remember everything exactly. It's like remembering through a fog or a haze or something, but, um, I mean, it was mostly fine. Um, they, they took them out and they put them on my chest, which was really nice. Um, like that was a beautiful moment. And Kai had to go immediately to the NICU. So that was really hard. Aria had to go for observation for a little while because they felt like her breathing was kind of labored. So I was alone because Nathan went, I think, with Aria when they took her. So that was really, really hard of me just being like, just went through this huge thing. My babies are out in the world, but they're not with me. My partner's not with me. I'm, you know, freshly post-operation and on pain medication. So I feel all weird and loopy and my body's reacting to everything that happened. So the whole thing was just kind of traumatizing, not because anything particular happened, but just the experience in and of itself, I feel like is, is very not natural. Um, Mm -hmm. and then the aftercare experience in the hospital was not very good. Um, we were there for a few days and I feel like at first they really didn't take care of me very well. Um, that you're supposed to, well, everything that I had read was like, you're supposed to get up and try to walk around as soon as you can after a C-section. Like that's like really important to a good recovery, but nobody, and I was all hooked up. I had these things on both of my legs to kind of like pressure and non-pressure to prevent blood clots. I had a catheter in, I had an IV, um, I was just like super hooked up and I didn't get out of bed for, I, it was probably over 24 hours, which is like not how it's supposed to go. But I don't know, like, I didn't know. It's not like I felt like I could unhook myself from all of these things and try to walk around. Like, I felt like that was the nurse's job and they totally like 
failed me in that situation. Um, and because I was so hooked up, I couldn't go to the NICU to see my baby. So that was another thing that it's like a, like a wound I have from that experience is Kai was born and he got put on my chest for a couple minutes, but then he got taken away and I didn't see him for over 24 hours. And I just feel like that was so wrong. Like I should not have been separated from my child for that long. And I don't know like why that happened or how that was okay. Um, But it was also like, I wasn't in the place to like try to fight for that uh, reunion. Like I was a mess um, after the surgery and I had this other baby who was in my room and it's like, that was overwhelming and I couldn't do anything more to get to my son. Um, You know, like hopefully that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. And I feel like, you know, we both did the training with Latham and now we know so many things that we're like, if I had known this before I gave birth, that would have made a world of difference. Yeah, totally. I, mm-hmm. I, yeah, it's just, it's so hard. And yeah, especially since we've, um, since I've been started training to be a birth worker and all of these things, I, I've learned all this stuff and I know all of these things and looking back on my personal experience through the lens of all the knowledge I have now is, is pretty painful because it's like, Oh, I wish I could have done so many things differently, but I didn't know at the time. And I just did the best that I could with the, you know, information I had at the time, but it's hard to, to know everything now and to look back and just be like, Oh man. But even without the knowledge, you know, being separated from my son, it felt a hundred percent wrong. Like, um, mm-hmm. yeah I mean it's it's like super unnatural right like you're supposed to give birth to your baby and then you're their protector you're their provider you're supposed to be the person with them so when they take them away like that happened to me too right so when they take them away and you're just like you you wake up and your child is not with you like there's hormones there's something inside of you and it just feels so wrong and so like like you want to fight people yeah you know? <laughs> Yeah. So it's like that. But then on top of that, there's this other baby who is in the room with me that I also have to take care of. So it's like, I don't have the mental space to, to just be like fighting to get back to my one child because I have this other one that I have to take care of. So it was just super hard. And luckily, um, Nathan was there with me. So he would go visit Kai a lot more than I would, than I was able to actually, but it, it was still like a a comfort for me. Um, to know that his dad was with him and his dad was, you know, spending time with him, doing skin to skin, taking care of him, like all the stuff that he wasn't alone with strangers or non-family members um, all the time. And yeah, like Nathan would go when it was time for him to nurse, like Nathan would go give him his bottle and would take my milk and just um, amazing. So that was really lucky. But yeah, the whole, the whole situation was pretty shitty. Mm-hmm. yeah I can I can imagine we were in the NICU for 10 days and I can't imagine what it would have been like without like with another baby in my room on top of trying to travel between the two I just feel like NICUs and postpartum units are just not set up for parents basically yeah. <laughs> you know like I don't know if yours was very far but ours was like super far you know it took like almost like felt like h- half an hour probably was like a big five to ten minute walk for like newly c-sectioned mom mm. to walk all the way down there to go see my son like that's just doesn't make sense like you should be able to be near them especially if they're s- small and sick like they need you even more yeah. you know like you should be yeah close. totally yeah our walk I don't feel like it was that far which was lucky um it was pretty close because I've heard crazy stories about like the NICU being on like a completely different floor than where the mom was and I'm just like oh my gosh like that's insane so it was on the same floor. It was kind of just down the hallway. But being a freshly C-section mom, it was still a fucking walk. Like, it was hard to get over there. Um, the first day, Nathan just wheeled me in a wheelchair. Like, I couldn't even walk. So it was rough. But, yeah, it's like you make the journey because that's your baby. Mm-hmm. But I just feel like they would heal better if you could be near them. Like Yeah. I think all the time, you know, they... It could be plugged into the wall in your room yeah, too, you know? totally. And I think the thing that's like the most frustrating for my personal situation was there was nothing wrong with Malachi. He was underweight, so it was like hospital policy that he had to go 
to the NICU. But other than that, he was like perfectly fine and perfectly healthy. So he had to be monitored for a long time and all this stuff. But I like believe now if he would have just been with me, he would have been fine. Like, you know, like Mm -hmm. he probably did worse in the NICU than he would have done if he was like with me where he was like biologically supposed to be like drinking milk and just being skin to skin and all of the things instead of being sequestered in this little fish tank. Like, I don't know, but that just for that particular thing, it's like, there was nothing wrong with him. He just needed to gain weight. Well, okay. (laughs) And take him away from his food source. That makes sense. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Our, um, my baby was also like, uh, having difficulty with his weight on well he was a normal size baby like full term and everything but he had slow weight gain because of all the complications mm-hmm. uh, but then they were considering not discharging us because he wasn't gaining the weight back and I was just like he's gonna gain the weight back like as soon as we get home we get settled and he can breastfeed fine you know like it's gonna be a lot better than when he's tied up to all these like wires and like a fish tank like you yeah. said you know you just need to be home with your family and then you'll get the weight, you know, and like a week later, he was fine. Yep. Mm -hmm. Um, so (laughs) did you always know you wanted to be a mom? No, (laughs) I, for a long time felt like I never wanted to have kids. Um, or if I did have kids, I really wanted to adopt. I felt like I never wanted to be pregnant and give birth. I was terrified of it I thought it was the craziest thing and even though it's so funny because now I think it's like the most natural thing I used to feel like it's so unnatural it's like you have a parasite in you like it's so weird it's so scary it's so painful like birth is like terrifying I was so afraid of it and freaked out by it um which just I don't know it's so funny because I'm like a completely different person from that person who I used to be Um, because now I'm like, no, birth is so natural and it's beautiful and it's amazing. And our bodies are like amazing for what they go through and what they create and what they can do and all of the things. But no, when I was younger, it was definitely not like that. Um, So, yep. Nope. (laughs) and what's your favorite thing about being a mom now um my favorite thing is I think it's just wow I don't know that's a good question and it seems like kind of simple but it's kind of hard to answer um (laughs) I just love to like watch them and see how they're experiencing life and they're so they're like carefree like they just are just so happy and I love to see like their joy um in their little faces for the littlest things or when they laugh or when they discover something new and they're excited about it like it's just so beautiful like I'm a person who struggles with like anxiety and depression and a lot of like common mental health you know struggles and they don't have any of that they're just like the way they see the world is beautiful because you know they don't they haven't experienced pain yet um or any of these things Uh, well emotional pain you know they bump their heads or whatever but it's so it's just really amazing to see like a life that is untouched by like poor mental health and it really like brings a lot of joy and like light to my life um and I just love, yeah, I love to watch them interact with each other. I think having twins is really special because I think all siblings kind of get to this place, but it's beautiful to see them go through life at exactly the same rate and um, just experience everything together. And they talk to each other. I mean, they don't speak English yet, but they talk to each other and laugh and play and all of these things. It's so amazing. So I really liked that. And then just kind of apart from them, the experience of motherhood has changed me a lot. Um, Like I said, I used to be terrified of birth, but then I went through it. And even though it looks, it wasn't a traditional, you know, 
birth, it, it changed me and breastfeeding was beautiful and magical to me. And so it set me on this completely other path. And I like this whole new life unfolded before me um, in birth work. And so I only have that because of like them. So I feel like they gave me this whole new life path. And so it's, it's been really amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel the same. Uh, like this whole pregnancy journey and then like becoming a mom has completely like changed my life purpose. Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so what could you tell yourself uh, like when you first became a mom, if you could go back in time, some kind of advice? Hmm. My advice would be to like trust yourself like and to like not feel guilty about things like I talked about um, giving them formula every once in a while and it's like I needed to like trust myself and to do that and to um, and like to, to give myself grace and like, that's okay. That's what we needed to do. And everyone is fine and everyone is happy. And it's like formula every once in a while didn't alter the course of our future, you know? Um, and also probably what I would have told myself before I had the babies when I was still pregnant is kind of like, have a plan of what you're going to need. Like what is going to help you, um, after the babies come. So it's like, for me, my house being dirty would like really stress me out. And I like just couldn't get to cleaning the house, but the dirty house stressed me out. So it's like, have people that you can like tell like your mom or whoever and be like, Hey, like what's really going to help me after the babies come is not you coming over and like holding the babies. It's like, if you actually like can help like do a load of dishes or whatever, like if you want to help me, that's the way, you know? So just to mm-hmm. to know like what I need or what's going to be most helpful so that I can be prepared to ask for that and, and then ask for that, ask for help. Um, I feel like I did a good job of asking for help when I needed it, but also it didn't ask for help as much as I needed it, you know? Mm-hmm. Especially like mom of two recovering from a C-section, like you need like more help than, than ever in your life, yeah. right? I think... And just not being embarrassed about it. I think I I think it's probably a pretty common idea that moms have, but I definitely felt like I'm the mom, I should be able to handle this. Like if I'm their mom, I made them, I should be able to do this. And it's like, no, I'm one person. These are two people. And historically, you know, the whole village raises the child. Like I am not a one woman village and I don't need to be, and that's okay. And that expectation is not realistic, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, finally, what is one experience that you've had that has transformed you and helped you bloom into, into the unique mama that you are today? Um, oh gosh. I don't know. Loaded question, I know. (laughs) Is it like, I mean, mean, it's kind of an open question, but is it like one like particular experience or like a story? It can be whatever you want. I feel like, I don't know. I don't know if this is really the like what I don't know if this counts but I feel like just uh looking back on the way that I was raised um and kind of looking to my mom for inspiration and my mom was really I mean in a lot of ways she wasn't relaxed but she was very relaxed and she let us like be who we were and she let us you know try things and and like almost like get hurt like not really but she let us play like freely without like worrying about if we were gonna like get a boo-boo and stuff like that and so I feel like I just took that experience and I've really kind of tried to be like that with my kids like 
as long as they're not in true danger, like I'll let them fall or I'll let them try things or I'll let them climb on places. Or if they're fine, if they're having fun, you know, playing with the water hose, even though they probably like shouldn't like, even though their dad wouldn't want them to do that, like I'll let them do that and just try to be like, let them be who they are and, and learn and grow into who they are. And um, yeah, I don't know if that's, like if I don't know if that answers the question but I feel like who I've really tried to be (laughs) as a mom is is like um like a mother but not a molder like I'm not trying to mold these kids into who I want them to be or who I think they should be like I really just want to mother them into like who they are and support them and watch them grow and flourish like in that way yeah that's beautiful thank you um, and lastly, where can our listeners find you? You have your podcast and everything. So yeah. So <laughs> my Instagram, my personal Instagram is M I E K A dot L O B O. And that's where I mostly am. Um, I, me and my husband do have a podcast, but we're not very consistent on it. It's been a while since we have, uh, uploaded an episode, but it's, um, from Tinder to Twins, and it's just Tinder to Twins on Instagram. And then I also have a little um, art portrait business um, on Instagram too and on Etsy, and that's called Honey Portraits. So those are all of my spots, (laughs) my little corners of the internet. (laughs) Cool, and I'll definitely like leave them all in the show notes so they're easy to find too. Okay, thank you. Yeah, well, thank you for coming on the podcast and sharing your story. That was awesome and a pretty unique story as well. Yeah, of course. (laughs) I hope it makes sense. Sometimes I feel like I just babble on and on and I don't have a point or a purpose. (laughs) Oh, no, it totally makes sense. Don't worry about it. (laughs) So this concludes the interview with Micah. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, Again, because our social medias are deactivated at the moment, uh, the only thing I'll be able to link is the From Tinder to Twins podcast Instagram page. And on the page, you'll have also the link to listen to it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and other platforms. Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you with another episode in a couple days. Thank you so much for listening to Blooming Mamahood. If you want to continue the conversation, head over to our Instagram at Blooming Mamahood and you can message me privately or head over to bloomingmamahood.com slash podcast and select today's episode to chat in the comment section. If you love this episode, please leave a review on Apple Podcast and share it with your friends. If you would like to see more of my content, you can find me on Instagram at bloomingmamahood or visit my website at bloomingmamahood.com for more empowering and educational content about all stages of mamahood. Until next time, let yourself bloom into the unique and beautiful mama that you are. Stay kind to each other, sending love and light.